Good morning from sunny Los Angeles as I make my commute. This is the Freed Way Thinker edition of the Freed Thinker podcast. I'm Tyler Vela, the host, while I drive to work, trying to get some more content out for you all. So for today's uh, brief reflection, although some of these (laughs) Freed Way Thinkers are getting to be a little bit long, I think uh, the last one was like almost 30 minutes. Sorry, guys. Uh, Sometimes my... I want to take up a little bit more of my drive than um, than not. So I'll try to be short on this one. I want to talk about shifting the burden of proof. This is such a common, I want to say rejoinder, accusation, but really it comes across as like a last-ditch effort escape tactic of so many, I'm going to say... I'm going to say online pundits, but really what I'm thinking of here is is so many online atheists. Atheists have so often been inculcated, almost indoctrinated, although that's too harsh of a word because there's no, there's no, I don't think any intentional indoctrination happening, but there's, there's a group think that goes on. Um, to think that atheism is a lack of belief, which I've addressed before. And so therefore, they, have, they, they don't have a burden of proof. Now, even if we grant that atheism simpliciter, a- atheism on its own, if atheism walks into a room and says, I'm an atheist, that, that might not have a burden of proof per se. Like, I, I disagree. But even if we grant that, as a sake of argument, that doesn't mean that the atheist never carries a burden of proof. Even if in the initial, let, let's say, let's say there's a debate, a dialogue. It doesn't have to be a formal debate. It could be, it could be an online discussion. And a Christian says, "Well, I believe, I believe in God." And the atheist says, "Oh, well, you know, I, I, I don't. Why do you believe that there the existence of God?" And the Christian then gives answers, gives reasons, gives evidence, gives arguments, whatever they they might have in their arsenal, for why they believe that God exists. If the atheist gives a rejoinder, if the atheist wants to say, I think you're wrong, I believe you're wrong, I think on the probability you're wrong, I think the arguments and evidence you've given are poor, they have a burden of proof to substantiate those rejoinders. They can't just sit back and say, you're wrong, and then the, then the theist or the Christian come along and say, well, why do you think I'm wrong? And the atheist say, well, I don't have a burden of proof. You're shifting the burden of proof. I don't carry the burden of proof. You do. No. You, you've you now made a subclaim. In, in your rejoinder, you made a claim that a, a certain argument is wrong or invalid or the evidence isn't good. Right? If you merely want to give an autobiographical statement that you that you are incredulous, that you still don't believe, then then great. But you, you haven't given a reasonable response to the argument. Right? I mean, someone can say incredulous to, to fantastic arguments. And, I mean, you think this. You think that uh, theists and Christians are, remain incredulous to fantastic arguments. But if you if you gave an argument uh, for for material some type of materialistic view or for neo Darwinian evolution, and the and the theist just says, "Oh, well, that's not good evidence. That's not a good argument." But then, when but then when you said, well, why isn't it a good argument? Why isn't it? You know, can you can you provide other evidence? Can you can you provide a defeater? They said, oh well, you're shifting the burden of proof. You're the one making the argument. You would immediately recognize that that's that's a that's a bad escape tactic. 
but it happens all the time in these discussions because it's a hangover from the atheists don't carry a burden of proof position. And, and it's, it, it's, just, it's just a bad way to argue. It's a, it's a bad way to try to uh, defeat atheism. If you're going to provide a, some type of rejoinder, you want to provide a defeater for, for a theistic or a Christian argument, you need to substantiate those arguments. You you need to give evidence and counter evidence and counter arguments and, and, and things like you need to you need to you have a burden of proof to ground your objections. That's just the way <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's just the way that that, um, that burden of proof operates. It's like a volleyball or, 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 or a shuttlecock in badminton. It goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, depending on who's making the claim at that specific moment. There might be sub-burden of proof, even if at the end of the day, the primary, the primary point of the overall debate, the theist carries the burden of proof. Again, even if we were to grant that, which I, yeah, I'm just granting for the sake of argument because I don't think it's actually true, you still have sub-arguments, you still have sub-points, you still have sub-claims that are made within that dialogue, and the atheist must substantiate it. You can't get away with just saying, oh, well, you have the burden of proof, I don't. Neener, neener. That's not how the argument, that's not how argument and, and rhetoric and reason work. So, the next time you're talking to an atheist, or the athe- atheist, next time you're talking to a Christian, or a theist... If someone provides a rejoinder, if someone provides an objection, if someone provides some type of claim defeat or wants to say that a line of argument or, or, or something is wrong or that evidence is invalid or the evidence doesn't support the conclusion that's being made, they have a burden of proof to substantiate their rejoinder. If they try to get away with saying, I don't have the burden of proof, you do, they're no longer being reasonable. So think about that the next time you get in these dialogues. Thank you, drive safe, and God bless.